I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live, Randy Robinson. Good to have you here today. And you know, if you've you've missed it, back in 2017, the Museum of the Bible opened up uh, up in uh, Washington, D.C. And uh, fascinating, I mean, just fascinating from a historical standpoint, from uh, a Christian standpoint, you know. Um, And so I'm excited today to be able to talk about one of their latest exhibits. It is on the Samaritans, which I think is interesting as well. Uh, And it is called, let's see, uh, uh, the Samaritans, a biblical people special exhibit. Uh, And I have two of the curators uh, for the Museum of the Bible with me today. Uh, Dr. Jesse Abelman and Dr. Jeffrey Cloa are with me. uh, And I will let them tell you exactly what they do so we get it right. uh, And we'll give you a little peek into this uh, exhibit on the Samaritans and some of the fascinating things about it. So I'm glad you're here today. Chat is open if you're watching live. Hello, Judy. Hello, Loretta. Great to have you guys both here. Uh, and if you're watching in the replay, then we always invite your comments. Like, share, subscribe, do those things. And uh, this will be a fascinating one. Welcome, gentlemen. Good to have you on Life Today Live. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. Yes. So, um, Let's get into the exhibit itself and, and explain to people what it is you're showing and why it is so fascinating. And then we'll get into some of the details of what you guys do and sort of the response you've had. So this thing's been open since September. Is that right? September. Yeah, we opened September 16th. Yeah. September 16th. Okay. Now, so walk, walk us through a little bit of what exactly it is that you're showing. Sure. Uh, Jeff, do you want me to take this one? Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, so, so the biblical people, um, is an exhibit, like it sounds, and as you said, about the Samaritans. Everyone has heard of the Good Samaritan, right? Even even if you're not someone who's familiar with the biblical story, uh, um, it's a term that's just everywhere in the English language in our pop culture, right? And I'm sure most of your audience uh, knows the gospel story as well, so no question. Mm-hmm. Um, but very few people know that the Samaritans continue to exist in the world today, um, they are a micro people with, as of our opening, 862 uh, uh, people living in two communities, one um, in the West Bank by their holy mountain, Mount Gerizim, and um, one in the Tel Aviv suburb of Cholon. Um, and they're still around today. They've been around for thousands of years, hmm. um, you know, continuing uh, to, live, to, live, to live their life. And the exhibit sort of is here both to tell their story um, and also to tell sort of the, the stories of contact with them by, by, by people of other faiths. Um, so explain for maybe someone who doesn't know, what exactly is a Samaritan? Sure. So the way the Samaritans tell their story, and this is important because they tell their story differently than, than others might, hmm. but the way they tell their story um, the uh, exodus of the exodus from Egypt takes place. Um, the Israelites come um, come to the land of Israel, um, and sort of uh, unlike the story we know uh, from the book of Joshua, um, uh, and 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 then the book of uh, the books of Judges and Samuel, um, they immediately go to the city of Shechem, Shechem, 
um, where God always intended, according to them, right, uh, the Israelites should be centered, um, and uh, they they stayed there um, until um, the the priest Eli, who we know from the Book of Samuel, uh, decided to take off and go to Shiloh, and then eventually, um, of course, David would bring the uh, would would go to Jerusalem and build the temple there, and the Jerusalem Mount Zion would become the center of, of, of Judean worship, of Jewish worship, right? Um, uh, or the other group of Israelites. So they see themselves as a distinct Israelite nation um, from, from the Jews. Um, another, you know, the groups, of the, the, the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh and part of the tribe of Levi, um, the, the tribes of Joseph and, and the, the priestly tribe. Um, and they trace, they trace their lineage all the way back there. Um, uh, and and so that's who they that that's their story. Okay. Um, now, they're, they're, how, how does that dip? because I it, I may just be showing my ignorance, but that's not the way I understood them to be. Is there a difference in the so, Christian so, understanding so, or? or well, I, I, I'm not going to know. So 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 their Bible only consists of the five books of Moses, okay. the Pentateuch, right? That's their entire scriptures. Okay. They do not have uh, any of the rest of the. The Hebrew Bible, the Tanakh, the Old Testament, which which the Jews, uh, which is which is Jewish scripture, right. and they certainly don't have the New Testament, sure, right? Sure. That's not part of you know uh, which 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 Christians have, right? Right. Um, and so, and so the story the story is told in the uh, in the in 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 the Hebrew Bible, right? Is that the tabernacle immediately went to Shiloh, right? That whole Shechem Shechem piece, right? Doesn't doesn't happen in the narrative. Okay. Uh, that's shared by Jews and Christians, the Hebrew Bible, um, and so um, and so. What does that mean, right? So uh, let's fast forward to the story of the Good Samaritan for a second, right? You have this this conflict between between uh, between Samaritans and Israelites, right? excuse me, Samaritans and Judeans, right? Who become the Jews, um, uh, right? And so that's why, right? The 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 in the story of the Good Samaritan. Right. Who's the Samaritan? Who's the good neighbor? The outsider, right? The person whom whom you would see, whom whom Judeans would have, whom Jews would have seen as as other, right? Right. Right. He's represented in the same way, right? The the story of the woman at the well, right? The Samaritan woman at the well in the Gospel of John, right? She's surprised that Jesus will eat with her. Right. Um, Jeff can speak to you much more uh, with much more expertise than 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 I can about these <laughs> questions. Um, uh, I'm curious if Hebraic and Judaica. Um, I'm Jewish. The New Testament is not is not my area of expertise. Okay. Um, but um, uh, you know, in terms of the when I'm talking about the Samaritans, right, you can really see that difference. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 they've been there. They've been there uh, at Mount Gerizim in what is today the city of Nablus, the biblical city of Shechem, um, for since. Since yeah. then, um, yeah. at one point, they were all over the Eastern Mediterranean um, uh, communities in Damascus, in Egypt, in Greece. We have we have some wonderful artifacts hmm. from the Samaritan the Samaritan um, uh, diaspora in Greece um, that the uh, the Greek Antiquities Authority was was uh, was was willing to loan us. That helps tell that story um, of their of their of this the ongoing life of these biblical people um, who are today now um, much reduced. All right, Dr. Kloa, let me ask you this, because I, I recognize and appreciate that, that this exhibit is telling their story from their perspective. Uh-huh. Uh, now, so correct me, um, my, my, 
understanding, and again, I'm going to be completely wrong, so feel free to say so, (laughs) is that the Samaritans were uh, some, the descendants of Jews who were uh, conquered and had intermarried with, I I don't know what they were, but they weren't, you know, uh, Israelites. And so they were sort of a, a, a mixed ethnic group. Is that a Am I am, right? Have I heard that before, or am I am I just making that yeah, up? That's yeah, and that's the the uh, way it's really narrated in the Hebrew Bible, as Jesse said. Okay. And, and, you know, during the uh, when the Northern Kingdom was uh, carried off into exile, uh, other peoples were imported who intermarried with the population there that was left behind, right? And uh, adopted then various forms of Jewish practice in a way to uh, kind of preserve their safety. Um, but but not fully Israelite or not actually Israelite at all. Okay, so I'm not making so that up. <laughs> yeah, but you're you're kind of getting again. You're getting um, one side and then the other side, right? Gotcha. <laughs> and who gets to tell their story, right? Is is kind of the question, and right. it, it just introduces this complexity, right, into the story. So why why are they there? Who are they? And, you know, if you want to talk from a New Testament perspective, you know, why does Jesus interact with them in the way that he does? And and how does that uh, show itself in the Gospels, which is really pretty fascinating, actually. So now, now do you come more from a New Testament kind of Christian perspective? Yeah, I, I taught New Testament as a professor yeah. for 18 years. So that's, that's kind so, of my so, thing. So, so let me ask you this. What, what stood out to you in hearing their version of their history? Because surely you've got to, I mean— yeah. Yeah. Right. This has to be yeah. interesting. Yeah, I think a few things really stood out is, is uh, of course, I'm very familiar with the texts, but but really digging into this, into the archaeology and seeing how they describe themselves actually helps clarify and kind of put some fine detail, really, on the gospel accounts. Uh, so, for example, in the parable of the Good Samaritan in uh, in Luke chapter 10, the way that is set up, of course, is there's a teacher of the law who comes up to test Jesus. And the question is about who is interpreting and literally doing the law properly. And Jesus goes into this dialogue. The teacher of the law thinks he's doing it properly. He thinks he has all the answers. And Jesus says, well, wait a minute, maybe you don't. And he introduces this parable Mm -hmm. as a way to kind of, in a way, draw the the teacher in and, and catch him at the end, right? But the whole question again is, uh, who is doing the law properly? Who's doing the Torah properly? And um, uh, the example he uses in contrast to the, the priest and the Levite is a Samaritan mm-hmm. who their very identity is wrapped up in Torah. That's, that's their sacred book. They see themselves literally as the guardians, right? They see the word Samaritan actually as a derivative of the Shomrim, the guardians of the Torah. Uh, and so for them, Torah is central. And what Jesus is doing is a, is a little bit subversive. Yeah, it's partly that the Samaritan is, a, is an outsider, but he's an outsider who has the Torah. Right. And and even this outsider who has the Torah really knows what it means, and that it means uh, caring for the person in need no matter who they are. So it's not simply that they're outsiders and Jesus is kind of saying, you know, I'm going to pick your worst enemy and hold them up as a mirror. It's... Uh, yeah, these are outsiders, but they have Torah, and they're actually following what Torah really says. Uh, so it's it's a 
it's it's not just a random reason that Jesus brings up the Samaritans. It's specifically about Torah. That's that's fascinating. I mean, so the more I the more I learn about the Bible, the more I realize how little I know about about things and understand things. Uh, it's it's the kind of thing where you know every time you peel back a layer, there's more, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. what's intriguing to me again, I taught I taught New Testament for eighteen years, you know, and I'm still and 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 the, just that refinement of you know why why the Samaritans in Luke ten and you know why does Jesus respond in in Luke nine the way he does to the disciples who want to you know call down fire on the Samaritans and Jesus says no you're not going to do that hmm. um, uh, that that they're um, they're uh, carriers and preservers of the law of the Torah and of course then uh, uh, in in the Christian mission. Um, excellent uh people to bring the gospel to and you see that in the book of acts right yeah. they receive the gospel in acts chapter eight among the first people to do so actually in the book of acts okay and and it's, yeah so there, there's continuity uh and a reason that that mission you know goes forward in the book of acts even so well let me ask you this because we know that um you know the some of the jews accepted christ many of them did not what mm-hmm. was what's has been since you know, the first century and really since then has been the response of the Samaritans to the idea of Christ as the Messiah. Yeah, that's partly what we explore in the exhibit. Maybe I'll start, Jesse, and you can you can fix things. <laughs> uh, part of what we talk about in the exhibit is after the biblical period, after the New Testament, how did they interact with the Jewish population, with the Christian population, and with the uh, uh, Muslim population eventually? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's fair to say for most of the history, it was not very happy. <laughs> There's a lot of conflict. Uh, some of it's social, some of it's political, right? You have all these powers come in and they respond differently to different rulers and they take sides and, and there's economic issues. So, so, you know, each group is really maintaining their uh, kind of religious identity mm-hmm. over and against each other. But what's interesting is in the late 19th century, when uh, especially British and Americans begin to travel to the Holy Land and uh, learn more about the history and the archaeology and encounter the Samaritans, um, they, you know, again, like just they're kind of surprised to find living Samaritans there. Yeah. And they're still, you know, sacrificing the Passover lamb on the Passover. And they're, they're still following Torah. And they're still worshiping on Mount Gerizim. And there's actually a... a um, a desire to help them, right? To help them with their identity, to help them survive. Um, and this this carries through with uh, the early Zionist movement and ultimately with the nation of Israel. Um, so in a way that in the 20th century, this sort of became a positive uh, interaction, hmm. whereas for the previous 1900 years, it was pretty negative. Are, are, there, are most of the Samaritans today in Israel? Yeah, Jesse, you want to yeah. speak to that? Yeah, so I said they're, they're split. You know, it's a it's a complicated political situation for them because their 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 holy mountain, right, Mount Gerizim, is um, in the West Bank, um, right, which which is politically not fully part of the state of Israel under Israeli control, right? It's part of sort of the Palestinian territories, yeah. um, and 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 so they have on the one hand a very good relationship with the state of Israel. Um, uh, half of the half half of the population. Um, is in is in Israel is in as I said as a suburb of the city of Tel Aviv called Holon. Um, uh, they're all they are all citizens of Israel, 
but the ones the ones who live in the West Bank are also carry identity cards from the Palestinian Authority, really? um, right? Which is which is not a state, so you can't be a citizen, right? And so they have, um, you know, they, they they it's it's complicated for them. Yeah. Um, you know, they have to sort of navigate um, navigate the world in in in, in delicately. Um, you know that any kind of religious minority, right? Um, uh, you know, depending on the day and who and and which which Samaritan you're talking to, um, you know, which particular group, what's happening politically. Um, you'll have people with alliances on either side of that conflict, which can mm. be complicated um, again, because they have to live there. Right. And so how yeah. do you, well, yeah, I how, mean, do you how do you do that? They're, they're, they're caught between two com- competing forces and they're really of neither one of them entirely. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. We say they're, they're, you know, um, neither you know neither Israeli nor nor Palestinian, neither Jew nor Arab, right? Um, uh, they're both ancient and modern. These are some of the taglines from the exhibit, yeah. um, and I think it's 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 you know it speaks to that sort of uh, um, difficult situation they find themselves in. Yeah. Um, but also, um, you know, I think their real strength, um, and this is this is something I think the the exhibit very effectively. Um, uh, teaches us that can be helpful to us is to sort of, you know, see their, their uh, tenacity in the face of all of that and their, their devotion to Torah, right. Over the millennia um, Uh as uh, you know, um, and, and, and what they, how they continue to guard it. um, I think it's very powerful uh, for everybody to sort of see. Yeah. I mean, wow. Talk about uh, a people group who are in a struggle that we don't, we don't even think about them on any kind of regular basis, which is entirely unfair. Mm Uh, okay, so I'm going to show people the little. This is the uh, website. Uh, this is the the exhibit on the website museumofthebible.org, which I throw the link in the chat if you're watching that. Um, but you you can you know get a little feel for what's going on on the website. Obviously, nothing like actually going and visiting. Uh, and so I, I would encourage that. Make make your plans now. Um, but for the exhibit itself, uh, both of you kind of walk me through what you guys how you guys put it together, what is there, and what people will see when they walk through. Sure. Is it okay if I lead off with this yeah, one? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, so, so it's divided into three sections. And I think uh, Jeff spoke very eloquently uh, before about you know, sort of an, uh, telling it from their perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, we want other perspectives too, and we want you can learn something from distance also. So there are sort of two main sections, one that we call Meet the Samaritans, which – tells the story of the Samaritans from their own perspective um, th- through the use of artifacts from their history, including um, uh, sort of uh, archaeological remains uh, from, from ancient, ancient Israel and Greece. As I, as I mentioned, mm. you've got a beautiful mosaic floor um, from a synagogue in a village called Chalavima, Samarit- ancient Samaritan synagogue. Um, we have a gigantic two-ton, almost two-ton uh, stone inscription from another Samaritan synagogue that was near, near Mount Gerizim, uh, with uh, the Ten Commandments in the in the Samaritan Hebrew script, which is different from the Jewish Hebrew script, really uh, same language, same alphabet, but written in sort of different. Uh, the letters look different, yeah. but there's a one-to-one correspondence. Okay. Um, and then, um, and so that's that's sort of that section. Um, and then we have a section called Encounters, where we talk about um, uh, where we talk about um, the Samaritans' encounters with other peoples, with Jews, Christians, and Muslims. Um, uh, and there's sort of a long history there. Um, and we get there, we get to see some of the other perspectives too, right? That's really important. That gets us some of that distance, right? We can, uh, 
You know, we don't in the meet the Samaritans in the meet the Samaritans side. We don't talk about the biblical, the the the, the Hebrew Bible narrative. Right, right. We do in the encounter section because that needs to be there. Right, that's right. important. Right. Um, and so we needed a way to sort of have those both there. And then the third, the third is really a zoom in on that period that that Jeff was talking about, that late nineteenth, early twentieth century moment, right, where um, first of all relationships start to get better between all of these people. Um, uh, and we focus on a particular figure, the Samaritan high priest at the time, uh, Jacob, son of Aaron, um, and his, um, right. And, and, and his, uh, and his, he became like a, almost a minor celebrity. Hmm. Um, he was in newsreels. He was in newspapers. He was in all over the place. Um, and, uh, he made built relationships, uh, with a congregational American congregationalist minister, um, named William Barton. He became a big advocate for the Samaritan people in America, hmm. um, among among American Protestants for the most part, um, with a British Jewish scholar named uh, Rabbi Moses Gaster, who sort of became, helped bring their version of their his- history into the academic discussion. And um, and we have, we have his, he built a special type, you talked about things in the exhibit, he built a special typewriter so that he <laughs> could type in Jewish Hebrew, right? And 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 it would write it, it would the machine would then turn it into Samaritan Hebrew. Wow! Right. So it's a symbol of the connection, right? That yeah. sort of like yeah. um, uh, it's a very very cool custom thing. Um, and we're super excited to have it in the exhibit. And then the third figure, someone who became very important to the Samaritans, uh, is a was a young man in 1907 named um, uh, um, Yitzhak Ben Svi. Um, who became later the second president of the state of Israel um, hmm. in the 50s and really helped them build up their community because of this relationship that he built up 40 plus years ago, um, you know, as a, as, as a young man trying to sort of learn what the land of Israel was like and who its peoples were. So it sounds like it took only oh, a couple thousand years for the the Jews and the Samaritans to finally maybe learn to get along <laughs> a little bit? I mean, is that mm-hmm. kind yeah. of the picture? I mean, <laughs> yes, I mean, there's a, there's a major moment in history um, uh, in the 1840s. I think this is really the, the, the big turning point um, for, for, um, uh, for that relationship, even if it doesn't change everything right away, right? Which was um, the, the community in, in Nablus, in Shechem, Shechem um, uh, was there was a pressure from a group of Muslim extremists. It was under the Ottoman rule, right? Turkish mm-hmm. Ottoman rule and Muslim mm-hmm. empire. Um, and there were a group of, they were, they had religious tolerance. They were allowed to, they were allowed to, you know, uh, follow their religion. But there was this group of extremists who were pushing these stories out. Samaritans are atheists. Samaritans are, are not, should not be given special, you know, should not be given religious tolerance. We should, you know, um, and, and uh, they were pushing this towards the, the, the Ottoman rulers, right? To the, to the empire. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and and um, the uh, Samaritans actually asked the chief rabbi of Jerusalem at the time, uh, Hakam Bashi is, is, was the title um, at the time, and his his name was um, uh, um, Rabbi Gagan. Uh, and he says, and he wrote a letter, and he said, the Samaritans uh, are Israelites who keep the Torah of Moses, um, and they should have these same protections that that. Jews have in, in you know, Jews and Christians are both uh, under under Islamic law allowed uh, uh, religious tolerance yeah. um, uh, in, in the, the Ottoman Empire and the Samaritan should be included as well and they accepted that the rulers accepted that the Empire accepted that and so they were protected but that was for for 
a Jude, a Jewish leader to say something like that about the Samaritans, right? Like that's a real, that was a big deal at the time. Yeah, that's yeah. what was a major, again, recognizing their connection to Torah and that, and that, um, that, that, that shared heritage, even as they're different people with different ways of understanding it and all right. of that. Right. Uh, was, it was a very big deal. Fascinating. All right, Dr. Cole, let me ask you this, because I, I think when most people think of the Museum of the Bible, they think, oh, it's this kind of Christian thing. And so you would expect everything to be from a Christian perspective. Why did you guys decide, and I, and I love this, by the way, that, for example, when, when you're going to have an exhibit on the Samaritans, you're going to tell their story from their perspective and then introduce the other perspectives, the more of the Jewish perspective, more of the Christian perspective. Uh, I, I love that you're not just sort of propagandizing in a sense or just telling one side of the story would be a more fair way of saying it, but you're letting people tell their own stories uh, in this museum of, yeah. of the Bible. How come yeah. you guys, why is that important to you guys? Well, because, you know, it, the museum of the Bible is really about the Bible and the contents of the Bible, the history of the Bible, and, and especially the impact of the Bible. And that the impact of the Bible is not limited to a single people group or a single country, uh, but its impact has been worldwide for literally thousands of years. And um, uh, including small groups like the Samaritans, large groups all over the world. And by focusing on the Bible, uh, it allows us to show that broad impact in, in very large ways and introduce people to things uh, to uh, kind of gain an understanding that they wouldn't have had before, uh, but especially to see that that broad impact and um, uh, be able to learn from it. So how are the Samaritans seeking to follow, you know, the Bible, their Torah, mm -hmm. in a present day situation, right? Mm -hmm. This is a challenge and they have very unique challenges around that, uh, traditions, marriage, all, all kinds of things, right? And, and it, it allows other groups who maybe don't have those same issues to kind of see what that struggle looks like and, yeah. and maybe learn from it, right? Yeah. So to learn from each other how to, to follow the Bible and how to allow the Bible to, uh, to kind of have its impact. So, so yeah, it's, it, it allows people to, uh, again, see the broad uh, history and impact of the Bible but also learn from others who are seeking to follow it on their own. I'm guessing they were probably pretty excited to be able to do this, to tell this to an American audience. Yeah, it's the first time, you know, we, we had a, a great partnership with uh, a professor at Yeshiva University who uh, actually Jesse was a student of his. So it, it was a great way to collaborate and we brought some of our expertise and, and theirs. Um, it's the first major exhibition anywhere in the world on the Samaritans. Hmm. And I'm really pleased we were able to bring together I mean, if you think of every important historical artifact about the Samaritans, we have it in the gallery. You know, I mean, the uh, the Delos inscription from Greece, 150 BC, uh, the typewriter Jesse mentioned, uh, that huge lintel inscription, the floor mosaic, even what's probably the oldest uh, Torah scroll from the Samaritans is in the exhibit. Wow. So, so archaeologically, it's all right there. Uh, but at the same time, we also have these, you know, videos of the present day community them talking about how they're preserving uh, the text, how they're trying to even, you know, uh, pass it on to future generations. Mm. So it's this, you know, history, present day, it's, it's all kind of present. Yeah. And and for me, what was especially appealing is like Jesse started off with, everybody's heard of Samaritans, right? Whether you know the Bible or not, you know about a good Samaritan, mm -hmm. right? And right. so if it's had this impact culturally, that's a, a way for for us to kind of hook people and say, well, let us let us actually kind of fill in the details here, yeah. and to see how all this actually goes back to the Bible. 
Fascinating. Right, which is just kind of the, the starting point. Yeah, fascinating. No, I, I love it. All right. Is there anything people need to know about coming to see the exhibit or, or the museum itself that we haven't covered? Because if people, right. well, well, people are watching down. this far, so, they're, they're, they're interested. So what's the next step? See, this, this particular exhibit we have um, at this point until January 1st, but we're in progress to extend it through April. So I think we'll get there. We just got to get a couple lenders to, to agree to it. Uh, we've had such a great response to it that um, uh, you know we want to extend it, and, and it's all here. So, um, so if you're coming for Christmas in Washington, or you got a spring break next year, and you're coming for Cherry Blossom Festival, um, it's a great opportunity to see that. And um, my encouragement would be uh, if you if you do get the chance to come and visit, to really set aside essentially an entire day. Mm. Uh, the museum is 430,000 square feet. Uh, there are five floors of exhibits. We have the largest exhibit of archaeology of Israel outside of Jerusalem. Uh, we've got the, the widest and broadest uh, collection of biblical artifacts anywhere in the world on display. And, uh, and then some really fun stuff, uh, you know, experiential kind of things, interactive, virtual reality kind of things for every age group. And, uh, and this is just kind of an icing on the cake reason to come into Washington. Yeah. Sounds interesting. And All right, Doctor Abelman. Yeah, go ahead. Anything you want to add? And, yeah, and just if you're if you're if if you're local to Washington and you're interested, yeah. if you're and you're interested, if you're looking for specific days that might be good to come, I can tell you. I can tell you. I believe. I believe where there there, the wonderful filmmaker who made the films in the exhibit, Moshe Alafi, um, also made a documentary, um, and I believe we're going to be showing that a couple more times over the course of uh, this run. Um, in the, in on I want to say December fourth and November, November November sixth and November sixth those two yeah, dates yeah. those two yeah. dates and so um, if you're if you're in DC already and you want, you're interested in the Samaritans um, uh, come see it you can come see it there it's going to be making its festival premiere in New York on November eighth if you're local to New York and are interested in the Other Israel Festival uh, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be streaming through there too so if you nice. Google Other Israel Festival you can catch it streaming. Um, uh, it's a, it's a wonderful compliment to, to what we have in the exhibit. It doesn't tell exactly the same story, but fills out the story of the Samaritans even more. Um, and, and so, you know, it, come to the museum on those, if you're, if, if you can come to the museum on those dates, um, uh, you'll get a, even more, even more Samaritans. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Very, uh, this is fascinating to me and I'm learning things that I didn't know. And I've, yeah, like you said, I've heard of the good samaritan my whole life but man there's so much more fascinating appreciate both of you guys uh your time and your expertise and just uh filling our audience in on some of this thank you thank you so much thank you so much appreciate you guys watching hit share it like it follow hit subscribe and check out museumofthebible.org there's the url on the screen if you're watching museumofthebible.org and the, the fascinating uh exhibit with the samaritans and if you can get to dc Make plans now. Come back. We've got more for you next time here on Life Today Live.